KBOO, Portland. KBOO's Board of Directors is delighted to invite all KBOO members to the annual membership meeting and Board of Directors elections. The meeting will be held on Saturday, September 17th at 1 p.m. at the Clinton Street Theater, 2522 Southeast Clinton Street, Portland. A Zoom link and call-in access will be provided to those who are unable to attend in person. This is the opportunity for all members to meet the candidates, get station updates, and make their voices heard. Again, that's KBOO's annual membership meeting and Board of Directors elections, Saturday, September 17th at 1 p.m. at the Clinton Street Theater in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm forward slash meeting 2022. Good evening. You're listening to Trans Positive here on KBOO Community Radio. Tonight we're talking with Bitter Kamari. She is a trans artist, and um, we're going to be talking about her new album tonight, um, "The Pain or Pain of the Fool." So, um, Kamari, welcome to Trans Positive. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Emma. Oh, thank you. It's it's so nice to have you on. Um, so, Kamari, before we talk about your album. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, well, uh, I am a multi-disciplinary uh, artist. Um, I'm from Far Rockaway, Queens, um, Pisces. Uh, what else? What, what is there about me? Um, I'm a real big fan of anti-colonial literature and uh, work generally. Um, yeah, and, and music is what I'm doing right now. I also write sometimes. Uh, I have a website, bitterkamari.com, where I post all of my writing work and music work. And you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, um, basically any big social media platform. Um, yeah, those are, those are the things that immediately come to mind, I guess. Oh, great. <clears throat> That's wonderful. Well, um, so we'll be getting more into your story um, as we go through the show tonight. But um, I'd like to jump right in because you've got this uh, new album out, Pain of the Fool. And um, I listened to it. It's it's great. I mean, I really love it. I, it's so um, it's it's so space. It's it's like it's so acoustic. It's it's just this amazing acoustic performance. I mean, it's it's um, it's it's this garden of sound. Wow. That's really the words I'm looking for. I mean, it, it was so beautiful. I, I, I just, I love how you do your sampling and where you get your sounds. Um, your lyrics are really, really amazing. Um, anyway, so let's talk about your album, uh, Pain of the Fool. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, gosh. Um, well, first, thank you. Um, no one's ever described my music as a garden of that's such a beautiful description. Um, Pain of the Fool, gosh. Uh, you know, 
I feel like I, I've maybe spoken about this album once before and only speaking about it um, a small amount of times is kind of, you know, it, it, it feels fresh every time I invoke it again. So uh, what do I have to say about this album? It's about about six months worth of uh, work, um, just drawing all of that in into one thing and um conceptually i guess it it has a, a longer uh lineage than that um i think it's a good way to sum up kind of where i've been and where i am in my musical career right now um i gosh um i feel very good about this album i feel like with a lot of my other albums um, many of which I've removed from the internet, but with a lot of my other albums, I always felt that there was something that I didn't do that I should have done or something that I could have um, changed. Um, basically, I, it, it, I felt like I wasn't quite, uh, you know, getting the sculpture that I wanted out of the emotions and experiences. And with Pain of the Fool, I think everything really felt like it was in its place like the album art the um the progression of songs in the album the um the stylistic kind of um variety um the last song pain of the fool that really felt like um i was doing i was um talking about um zora neil hurston in that song that that really felt like a nice crossover into the literary world um, from the the, uh, the songwriting world. And I felt very good about that as I was writing that song and, and placing it in the order that it appeared in the album. So I have a lot of good feelings about Pain of the Fool for sure. And performing it live also has been just a, a, a breathtaking experience, uh, literally because I'm, I'm speaking so much, but also um, because it, it feels so good to see people engaging and reacting to it live. So um, let's listen to Pain of the Fool, um, the, the, the 10th oh, the yeah. song on your album. Let's yeah. listen to that, and then uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Cool. Can you breathe? I can't learn. I should know my words, I hope that you don't mind. It's not that I hate you, I wish I could be fine We'll get all this ball, you and me in due time Walk through Zion, God, we start at Black Line Let's go to Carousel, the Philippines, we got time Let's go to Mexico and get some peas and be fine Let's go to nobody knows who can say what we find Frame can be like Zora, put our eyes into God I think it's that time, let me shut up my eyes No, that's not the tears, it's the dreams of my mind Maybe I can't let you shine, I don't want to Squeeze my hand, let me be what you want to Know what it's like when life don't want you I'm trying to die, but then I'm thankful I got a mission, I got a gift I'm going to stand on top of these feelings Like, like, baby, could you know Great, great song. Um, so t tell us a little bit more about Pain of the Fool um, and, and then let's get into the lyrics. Um, 
Gosh. Um, so this is so funny uh, because, you know, I have the song Pain of the Fool and I have the album Pain of the Fool. So when you say, tell us a little bit more about Pain mm-hmm. of the Fool, are you um, referencing the song or the album? Yeah, the song. Um, so Pain of the Fool. Um, when I was thinking of the lyrics for this song, I was thinking of being stranded on a boat at sea and kind of not having any a visible, you know, lander um, landmarks or anything of that nature, and just kind of not knowing, uh, like, I, I guess of, of being in a place of despair, but also a place of needing hope, of 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 an urgency of 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 hope, because when you know, when you are you know trapped somewhere whether it be like a physical place or like an emotional place, um, I think hope is imbued in that despair and you have to, um, you have to find it somehow. So um, that was, that was kind of the, the landscape that I was operating under. And um, I was also thinking um, specifically about, I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Part of me feels like, Oh, is is this? Am I am I conceptually trying to do too much? I don't know. But my thought was also like of being um, on a slave ship and thinking about like what is the what is the decision there? Like, do you endure that kind of tragedy? I guess, mm-hmm. or, or do you just see what what God has? In- store for you so you know that kind of um that was a little bit of the of the context that i was kind of thinking of the marcus garvey reference was on on uh on topic with that um kind of thought about the um transatlantic slave trade mm-hmm. and because it, marcus garvey is kind of like reversing that you know making the origin of that journey the destination and I don't know, it, it, it just felt like I was trying to dive into despair and, and make some kind of a soup out of that. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thanks. We're talking tonight with uh, Bitter Kamari. Uh, Bitter is a, um, she is a black trans artist and we're talking about her new album, Pain of the Fool. Um, so Bitter uh, Kamari in the, um, in, in the, um, in the 10th song, um, you mentioned Zora Neale Hurston and, um, um, you say, friend, we could be like Zora, put our eyes onto God. Um, can you can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, for people who don't know, can you tell us who is Zora Neale Hurston? What was that reference about? <clears throat> oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, Zora Neale Hurston, she was a, um, God, I, I, I want to say she was kind of a Black uh, anthropologist slash ethnographer, but the the terms of um anthropology it's kind of an ironic um term to use because i i think anthropology as a field has done a lot to dehumanize and oppress black people so black cultural researcher in the um what was she around like the the 20s to the 60s yeah around that time period and um she wrote this book, um, Their Eyes Were Watching God, which um, isn't actually an ethnography book, but it's um, it's a romance story. Um, mm-hmm. So part of the energy uh, in this song was me writing about someone that I um, felt like we were both maybe in a space of despair. Um, and we were on, you know, just this, this little rowboat in the middle of the ocean. And... Um, I wanted to to create that connection of this this old black love between us, um, and also to connect to uh, Toni Morrison. Um, yeah, just the uh, the Nell and the Sula. Those those are um, characters from Toni Morrison's Sula, who are like best friends, kind of lovers that kind of have a falling out who um, actually don't remember if they made up in the end, but just the the turmoil and the love, that's something that I wanted to kind of 
add as another flavor in this um, in this song. So my, I think I, I sometimes I have very specific points that I like to make with the the language that I use and the um, and the uh, the things that I'm putting together. But you know, other times I think it's it's just nice to have colors in places that you wouldn't expect them. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> in another one of your songs, you um, talk a little bit about gender identity. Could you talk about that song? Uh, you know, like me, like me, you yeah. want to be like me is actually um, the song that I would say is kind of the most about that. Um, and there's a story behind that song. Um, I'm I'm trying to figure if I should tell it. Well, why don't we play that song first, and you can think about it. When we come back, we'll we'll talk about the song some more. Matter of fact, don't call me, old girl. It's a false world. Longing, you surprise me. Turn the fan down, my love's an eternal heartbeat. I see, cast a spell, and let you. You're not pretty, you're just cute, okay Now we're lying, I'm gonna like you if I was cis But you're right now, you like me Okay, yeah, you like me You wanna be like me It's not a sin, baby No, you like me You wanna be like me But you can't be like me 25 legs, I'm not trying to get me All this look is crowding All these feelings around me And you wanna be just like me But you can't Uh, that was Like Me. Um, that was by uh, Bitter Kamari. Uh, Kamari is a Black trans female artist. Um, Kamari, let's talk about this uh, the song we just played. Can you tell us a bit about Like Me? Yeah. Um, so, oh gosh. Well, this, the, Like Me is an interesting song because it's, it, it, it kind of interlopates a uh, second song that I made, which isn't um, unavailable, which isn't available anymore. Um, this song is actually called You Want to Be Like Me, but I have another song called Like Me, and they're kind of like sisters. But, but um, basically, the, the point of this song, um, it's about, it's about trying to consume and redirect negative energy that someone directs towards you. Um, Oh gosh. <laughs> when you um when you when you said I would like to be I would look like you if I was cis, but you're white B. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, so, <laughs> so someone actually told me that um that they would have my kind of a body if they were cis. And that was me kind of quoting them saying that and being like well you you wouldn't look like me because you're white so what are you like what are you yeah. even saying mm -hmm. so it was an already ridiculous kind of thing to be said and then you know i just kind of i kind of uh dress that up a bit yeah but um yeah the second half of that song is basically just like i don't know the energy of that just felt very kind of cutesy like you know oh i don't know what the problem is i'm just i'm just being me why is you know why are you treating me like this mm -hmm. um yeah that's 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 what the energy was from from me can can you tell us a little bit about your journey with gender identity kamari um well, I mean, you know, I, I think it's uh, I think it's really complicated. Um, I think it's it's probably pretty complicated for anyone. But um, I, you know, strangely enough, this, this is a question that I have never really like spoken about publicly. Um, partially because I feel like 
as you know as a trans person it's it's like in many spaces that i engage with i'm already like challenged or being challenged just by virtue of uh trying to be me so um i i really i really don't have an answer um you know i i feel like a lot of the times i have to enter spaces where people will look at me and say that oh you know you're you're a, a cis man and will interpret or, or, or if they don't look at me specifically in that way they will you know use the correct pronouns and you know um ostensibly i guess um acts like they're really with but will not um i feel like people will often just like treat me in a way that is like okay you you're handling me like you would a man and I don't really like that um so I've 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 wanted to like medically transition it's my family's Caribbean and it's very uh you know like Caribbean it's like you get the good and you also get the the not so Mm -hmm. good with that Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's the I mean, there's all kinds of Caribbean. I mean, my family is Hispanic, Caribbean, Puerto Rican, Cuban. Which island? Okay. Cuban, Puerto Rico. And, you know, it's very, comes from very patriarchal cultures, mm-hmm. their experience, you know, in life. Yeah, my my, uh, my family is from uh, Jamaica and Nevis. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm so fascinated by like just Caribbean identity generally. Um, but you know, my exposure is largely through like the the African Caribbean di- diaspora. And um yeah, I I don't know. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's annoying. It's it's more than annoying, but um well let's um do you have are any of the songs on the album specifically addressing that, you know, Afro-Caribbean heritage? Um, well, I would say um, Pain of the Fool is one mm-hmm. that really, like, I, th- I think kind of broaches that uh, subject. Um, I guess Joy also kind of approach, uh, approaches that subject. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the album is, is me trying to work through emotions that I I guess I don't realize that I'm having until after the fact. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I don't know if that's if that makes sense. Well, wh- yeah, why don't we play Joy and then um okay. we'll come back and we'll we'll talk about that. I, I want to learn it oh, so bad. Yeah, yeah. But, uh-huh. You know, I, I got to get in. I got to find a, a, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, so that was Joy. Uh, we're talking tonight with Bitter Kamari. Um, uh, she's a Black trans artist. And um, this is um, her latest album, Pain of the Fool. Um, so Kamari, uh, Joy, that, that was a pretty, uh, pretty 
that was a really powerful song. Um, can you tell can you tell me a little bit about what was going on there? Yeah, with joy, um, I felt like I wanted to do something that I hadn't really. I wanted to portray an energy I hadn't really felt like I'd gotten to portray in any of my songs before. Um, Cause you know, I am from New York and hip hop culture is very, very like, they're, they're very on their P's and Q's about your bars and, and all like, you have to, you know, really be a rapper's rapper. Um, at least in some circles. Um, it, it's something that I always really respected and I wanted to kind of show people that, you know, I, I can do that if I need to. Um, so I felt very experimental with the kind of, uh, flow that I had there and, um, yeah, you know, I wanted to combine it also with my, um, I guess hatred is a strong word. Yeah. My, my hatred of the, um, the English crown and, um, <laughs> I, I didn't want to let that energy like slip by. And I feel like a lot of artists, or I, I don't really hear that kind of energy going either after the UK or after the US. So the last like a uh, couple of lines, basically after uh, like her husband, I'm I'm that whole part. I'm talking about the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who, I, I'm sure most of our listeners know about this, but for those who aren't familiar, can you talk about? the relationship you know the legacy of the relationship between british colonialism and the caribbean slave trade oh yeah the the british look there's there's making a whole whole lot of money off of that you know they um i mean i i I guess it would be it, it would be incorrect to single out the uh the british but they were a very, very large benefactor of colonialism uh, globally, um, and particularly in the Caribbean, um, Ish was just bad. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to say it better than like actual, you know, documents and images and in writings from that era could, but um, just just off the rip from that, I have a lot of anger towards um, the English. Um, um, also the Spanish. I mean, yeah. why is Catholicism so widely practiced in the Caribbean and in, in the um, Spanish speaking Caribbean, the Spanish speaking world, you know, generally? It's because of them Catholics. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah, yeah. So I'd like to talk about your musical style for just a, a minute, um, if you don't mind. Um, Please. You're, yeah, your your songs are very very layered. I mean, can you tell me a little bit about like your your style? Like, how do you how do you? Yeah, I mean, how how do you do a song? Oh gosh, how do I do a song? Um, you know, for me, it usually starts with like the uh, the melody. Um, melody is I have a very shaky grasp of music uh, musical theory Um, but melody and rhythm interact with each other in ways that I feel are symbiotic so if I can get a good melody going then I can I can have a uh, uh, a baseline that really speaks to that or moves in the opposite direction of that. And then on top of that, the way that I approach the song in terms of my flow, lyrics, et cetera, builds off of all of those relationships. So I tend to start with whatever synth sounds I have. I don't think anything is sampled on this album, actually. It's all synth sounds that I either, uh, um, I adjusted from ones that I've used previously. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of my influence comes from just sitting and trying to to go somewhere and escape with the, um, the sound palette that I come up with. Um, I think 
I've had people in the past tell me that like, oh, you know, I don't like, I don't like trap music or, or whatever, so they can't listen to my music. And, and that has always been like a suspect line of argument to me because then it's like, well, what do you, what, what don't you like about trap music that would deter you from my music? Like, like, is, is it the, the beats? Do you hear something else when you hear the beat? Like, basically what I'm trying to say is I feel like when you have something that, when you have music that is not packaged in a way that people consume as being quote unquote, literate, conscious, woke, whatever, they're not gonna engage with that art as, as, as though it, it, it has those qualities or they're not gonna engage with those, with that art, even though it has those qualities. So I think, I think um, black music, this isn't a black music problem. I think this is a, a, a listener problem and not all listeners have this problem. I think it's very often a white listener problem, but that's, you know, I, I, I could, I could talk a lot about that because there, there are a lot of things I um, I'm kind of, a lot of feelings I have about Portland and the way that it consumes black music and um, a lot of the, 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 the problems at stake there, but yeah, that's a whole nother line of conversation. That's, that's an important conversation. It needs to happen. We don't have to do it right now, but I'd love to hear even just a couple of minutes of what you mean. Oh, well, look, look, hold on. Let me, uh, let me pull let me pull something up real quick because um, I actually I wrote about this pretty recently and um, it's something that I've been trying to figure out uh, on my own but I, I also want to think about this alongside other people who are from Portland I'm not from Portland I've just been here for a little bit you know seeing how things go so um, here, here, here it is let me know what you think um, there's been much said about black, black music in the city. I have heard that it is corny, that it has no real identity, that none of it is good. Uh, it is mostly done by white people. I've even said many times myself that the white rappers feel like blackface. Is there a Portland sound? Part of it, at least from my view, is fighting about what this hypothetical sounds should sound like in the first place. People will be like, oh, this artist is too boom bap. This one is too SoundCloud emo. And God forbid if somebody gets labeled a conscious rapper, there's the racism to account for here too. So the conscious rapper is a myth perpetuated by the racist view, which says that rap by default doesn't have anything intellectually stimulating to say, as if any other genre ever had to prove itself against intellectualism to be valid in the first place. This is very obviously false Yet Portland seems to flip that dubious award on anyone who makes vaguely left of center political statements in their songs, which is fine, I guess, in the larger culture of hip hop. There's space for a ton of things. But why is this such a common trope in Portland specifically? And um, there's more. But if you want to you know, read the rest of my thoughts on that, bitterkamari.com. Um, it's on a post called Thoughts About a Thing, Part One. Thanks. Well, let's get back to your music, Kamari. Um, I'd like to play the the first song on your album, yeah. um, Get the Hint. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that song before we play that? Yeah, gosh, Get the Hint. Um, that's, yeah, that's the opener. Uh, get the Hint really felt like kind of an admission that, look, all of my songs are about really sad things. Like, the line, um, oops, I spilled water on my computer. Guess I'll buy me a new one. Get the hint, the rain's falling. Like, that's just me saying, like, you know, I'm crying over my keyboard. Like, the music yeah. is, but that's kind of the, uh, that's that's a little bit of the energy there. But I also wanted to um, to turn that sadness into, like, a point of, 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 of me flexing. Like, yes, I'm sad. You know, yeah, I, I got all this stuff that I'm dealing with. I got all these, you know, uh, these these chips in my steel. But at the same time, all my jury is haunted. 
and all my friends are despondent too. And these, I put these same teardrops in a hemp blunt. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm just making all of that into magic. I'm just, I'm mm. a spellcaster. So, get the hint is about, you know, having thorns in you, but still, you know, still cutting it up, still doing mm-hmm. what you got to do, still, still blossoming, still getting the raindrops on you, still growing, you know. Let's go ahead and play that song. This is um, Get the Hint by Bitter Kamari. Um, you're listening to Transpositive here on KBU Community Radio. Who's that spill water my computer? Guess about me noob. Hit the rain falling off a tab in the forest. Cut you boy like flawless. All this is your noise. All my jewelry is haunting All my friends are despondent Teardraps in the hand Tell me really do you want it Do what you put on my garden Put on my heartless I, I, I can't admit this hardship Yeah, I got drugs for the hardship Afraid of the hardship Make sure my pearls were poisoned inside of my You know my scars is Switching up over you hold me No love your friend, you don't know me Personal girl, you don't want me That's the game Bad ting with a screw loose Like a toddler's I'm afraid that I'll miss you Know the rules on the concrete I know it's hard for something It's hard for something I know it's hard for something And that was Get the Hint by um, Bitter Kamari. So Kamari, you were, you were just talking about how that song is, you know, kind of about sadness and um, just just kind of dealing with that. I mean, is that is that an issue in your life? Is that something that you have to struggle with? Yeah, you know, I mean, in life, in, in, in life, we got hills we got to climb. You know what, what Buju Bantan said? It's, look, it's hills and valleys too. And um, everybody goes through it at some point. It's inevitable. Tupac said, well, what, 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 what Tupac said? Mama told me there'd be days like this. You know, it's, it's just a part of that process of, of going through the, the horseshoe of life. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I frequently deal with, but um, I'm I'm thankful for the opportunities that that fate gives me to grow and become a better person. So I walk right into my sadness. I try my best to embrace it and turn it into something that that people um, can reflect on and maybe identify with. Um, it Pop Smoke said it best. You know, turn your pain into champagne. And I love champagne. Um, Kamari, you just mentioned Tupac. Um, would you would you care to share maybe one or two of your, I mean, people who have really influenced you um, and your style of music making? Oh, I love that question. That's perfect. Thank you. Um, my influences. Oh gosh. Uh, I would say like right now, as of the past like two three years. No, what year are we in? 2022? As of the past two years, one of my biggest influences has been Pop Smoke. I'm so, you know, sad that he's gone and, you know, the the whole situation surrounding that. But I'm so thankful that he was able to, you know, put himself and put his music out there. And, you know, that, that, that has given me a lot of strength and um, I'm very grateful to uh to to have been blessed by the things that he's that he's had to say um so pop smoke is definitely one of my biggest uh influences right now um and not even just like you know trying to because who who can capture you know anything that that he's done like he's I feel like he him and his energy is just a completely different you know level he's like he's he's barking on tracks and all that like that's I, I couldn't, I don't know if I could bark on a track, but the way that he carries himself, the way that he embraces, uh, you know, uh-huh. his pain, like, like he literally said, you know, 
my PTSD starting to kick in. So I got it. Like, you know, just all of that. I love that. So mm-hmm. pop smoke is one. Um, and let me see. What's, what's my second? Well, I got two. Is it, is it okay if I, I list two people right now? That's, what does he want? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, if, y'all's his ear is really to the, to the streets of Portland right now but um, Gaia Gaia's voice the way that Gaia just like rides the songs that they on is like I, I really um, I really want to step outside of my comfort zone because a lot of the time I use auto-tune and you know there ain't nothing wrong with using auto-tune like you know it's just another instrument to bend your voice but mm-hmm. the way that Gaia, who we have the song uh, "Head and Violence" together, I'm really, I'm really thankful that we linked up and started making music. And I, I'm, they, they're one of the people that I'm really paying attention to and I'm influenced by right now. So Gaia, but also my friend Silicon Valley out in New York right now is really tearing it up. We have a couple songs together that's like, you know, from the from the older days of me being an artist. Um, we have one out right now that's called purging i believe um and yeah they you know they just we're all on that ethereal you know fourth dimension 2046 type energy so i i'm, I'm very grateful for those two people and um and, 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 and pop smoke too thanks um edit no great well let's get back to the music um we've got time for maybe one or two more songs uh we're talking tonight with bitter kamari bitter is a uh, black trans artist um based here in portland right now how long have you been in portland kamari Ooh, i've been in portland on and off um but this most recent stint has been since uh 2020 so yeah. you know i've been seeing the the city through its changes um during the pandemic and you know that that's a whole another that's a whole another layer um but yeah what did, very, you think very of the, to be. what did you think of the racial justice movement in portland uh i mean you know the same thing you'll really hear from a lot of people who will talk about like that scene in portland like i think i don't want to sound like a um like a curmudgeon um it's okay. But I think, well, see, the thing is, I feel like in Portland specifically, a lot of that scene has been infiltrated and co-opted. So you can't really trust too many people. You know what I mean? Like you kind of got to keep an eye out because you don't know who's like fed, who's, you know, cool. You, you just got to kind of be careful. So I don't really, I, I tend to, to, to stay away from um, people that are too publicly, you know, out there with that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But you know, the yeah, the the the, the protests themselves. I mean, it was a moment. It was, nationally, it was a moment, and yeah. um, that's, it. It shouldn't have been just a moment, but you know, that's that's off air talk, I guess. Yeah. All right, thanks. Let's get back to the music. Um, oh yeah, okay. So I wanted to play "Sorry." <laughs> yeah, it's like I think it's the shortest song, the shortest number of lyrics on your album. It's very, very short, but I think the song is pretty average for your album. I don't remember it being a really short song. Um, what is, what is "Sorry" about? Uh, <clears throat> sometimes when I'm in the studio, I will just feel like. I feel a lot of barriers from just saying what I like actually feel. I'll feel like, oh, I need to, you know, make it interesting in this way or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And sorry was just me going like, this is what I'm feeling. This is what it sounds like. I actually wanted to put sorry as the first song on the album, but then I thought, well, I don't know if people would listen to the rest of the album. If this was the first song. So I had to, you know, kind of shift that around, but I wanted this to be the first song. Um, and it's just like, you know, when you, I've had a lot of, I've had moments in my life where I've just had to go on like really long walks, like, I'm talking like absurdly long walks. Like imagine from like Northwest to like Southeast, like 
I'm talking like, you know, traverse the city. And this was kind of me capturing what that felt like for the people that are kind of in my corner. Um, Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the times when I write, I don't, I don't specifically write from my own perspective. Um, I don't even write necessarily from my own emotions. Um, is is more like a like you know how in a book the 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 perspective who it's right who who's speaking can kind of change. It, it could be like, you know, yeah, we're talking from the main character perspective and now we're we're going to their lover or something. Um it, it my writing can sometimes do that and in this song I felt like partially I was talking about myself but I was also trying to apologize for a different me in that moment so yeah I don't know if that makes sense yeah thank you well let's go ahead and listen to the song this is Sorry by Bitter Kamari um, you're listening to KBO Community Radio uh, this is Transpositive PDX. Sorry by Bitter Kamari here on um, Transpositive. Um, so you were just mentioning, you know, this is a song for people who are on your side. Um, could you talk about that? What is your, like, um, what, what's, what's your life like here in Portland? Ooh. You know, I, I try to spend a lot of time with the people that I love and I try to engage with other people's art as seriously as I can, um, because I feel like that's very, that attention is, it's, it's rare and hard to get, but, but you know, when, so, when you, when you can feel like, when you maybe feel like someone is really listening to your heart, then it, I don't know, it just hits different. It just feels like, it, it makes me feel present. It makes me feel like I have something in front of me that's very important to me. And I want to think about this, you know, in conjunction with um, someone that I care about. And, and that important thing in this example is like their work. So for example, you know, I got a painter friend um, and I love, I love, love their, uh, their paintings. Their, their name is um, um, Ailish, uh, Gormley actually um, and you can you can look them up on Instagram they have a website beautiful paintings um, I love to talk with them about their work because you know I don't really have a background in um, a lot of the context that I think sometimes informs their work like they will make references to uh, European art and I don't I don't really have that art knowledge but I still want to, you know, I, I, there's, there's still that emotional kind of conversation happening in their work 
So to just kind of sit down with them and just, you know, look at one of their pains together, I feel like that's a treat. I feel so grateful every time I get to do that. And I also love to get the opportunity to do that with other musicians, with other visual artists, because it's a challenge communicating, you know, whatever's in your head or heart through a through a, 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 a another medium or through a medium is is just, you know, you 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 kind of shooting into the dark. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's 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 one of the things that I do um, around here in Portland. Thanks. Um, so we've been talking tonight with um, Bitter Kamari. She is a black trans artist. Um, and we've been talking about her new album. Um, <laughs> we're talking about her new album, Pain of the Fool. Um, Kamari, uh, what would you like to play for your last, uh, your last song? Was This All a Mistake? That's, oh, that's, that's a, a big one for me. Okay, let's go ahead and play that and then we'll talk about it. I, I need cash with the others' experience. Yeah, got a heavy burden of feeling. I don't worry, shit, we worry about feelings. Girl, I'm burning a bill. I still do things I can't hold in my blood. That's not your love, the drugs that I love. But I guess it helps the pain enough. Got so much worse on my pain, it's done. Acrylic sun doesn't need your touch. Maybe you shine the same one. this all mistake by bitter kamari um so kamari what was that song about Oof. um well when i first wrote it i was kind of in denial about what it was about um but this is about a person um that i had a lot of er, Someone that um, I'm not sure where they are in my heart right now, but someone that I feel a lot of love for. And um, ah. you say, you mentioned in the song, you say, cuts on my wrist, all my pain is done. Um, so you're talking about something that's really painful, almost like cutting yourself. Yeah, um, you see, this is the thing, like, I, I actually, like, resist trying to interpret my song sometimes just because it's like, when, when I, when I voice a particular interpretation for a song, I feel like I can't escape it the next time I listen to it. You know, I mentioned writing songs from different perspectives and different voices. And I think that this song has that in it, um, but it is about love and 
loss. I will, yeah. I'll say that much. Well, thank you. It's really been a pleasure having you on Transpositive tonight. Um, Kamari, if people want to find more about you and um, about your, your, your new album, um, uh, Pain of the Fool, where can they find out about you? Where, they, where can they find out about your album? Um, um, can you share some of your so- social media with us? Yes, I would love to. Um, find more of me. You can find me on Instagram at Bitter Kamari. Um, that's B I T T E R C A M A R I. Um, I also have a website at bitterkamari.com. And um, I got videos on my YouTube channel. I'm also on all streaming services. Um, but yeah, add me on Instagram, send me a DM, say hi. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing y'all. Well, thank you, Kamari. It's been a real pleasure having you on Transpositive tonight. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. Transgender people don't live here. I've never met anyone who's transgender. I swear I don't know someone who's transgender. Transgender and non-binary people like me hear this all the time. But according to the HRC Foundation, there are more than 2 million transgender people in the United States. We live in every community across this country. You might be surprised to hear that there are more transgender and non-binary people in the United States than there are. Starbucks, McDonald's, and Walmart locations combined. In fact, if you put us all together, there'd be more non-binary and transgender folks than the populations of DC, or Nebraska, or Maine, or Idaho, or West Virginia. As a matter of fact, 15 states have a lower population than the amount of trans folks in the U.S. So here are a few things to keep in mind. You don't always know when a person is trans. But we're your neighbors, your co-workers, your students, your customers, and even your friends and family. We exist in every culture, todas las culturas, throughout human history. And while we're more visible than ever before, sometimes you just don't see us. So when you hear about politicians pushing forward discriminatory bills, know this, these bills address problems that aren't even real. Problems that don't actually exist. But we do. 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 And we need your support.